Hi, folks. Welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia's internet and digital economy, or as we like to call it, Asia Innovation. So in this episode, we're going to do a deep dive back into the edtech or education scene in Indonesia. So to our listeners out there, if you guys listened to the previous episodes, we did one on the Vietnamese education scene, and that was really informative from one of our portfolio companies at Micro. And this time we'll be going to another country in Indonesia and seeing how things are going over there. And to guide us on that journey, we have with us a returning guest, Cherry Fraushan Fikri, who is the CEO and co-founder of Pahamify. So to our longtime listeners, you may remember Fikri from our episode back in season one last year where he had a chat with Inglan on introducing Pahalify, talking about how they're changing K-12 education for Indonesian students and especially when it comes to test preparation. So in this episode, we're going to catch up with him, learn more about how the education scene has developed, especially with the pandemic and also the, the lockdowns and, and how things have progressed over in Indonesia. And also learn more about how they've grown their company from a culture perspective and also a product perspective as well. But just to recap, for those who aren't familiar with Fikri, so prior to Pahamify, Fikri was the writer and host of an award-winning Indonesian educational video series on YouTube, which now has, I, I would say, like over, over 400,000 subscribers. The series received the YouTube Next Up 2017 award from YouTube and collaborated with Google to produce Learning How to Learn course. Sharif graduated from a bachelor's in electrical engineering from ITB, one of Indonesia's top universities at only 19 years old and was a former PhD candidate at NTU or Nanyang Technological University. So before we go on call, don't forget to follow our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. And you can follow us for daily content for founders and investors on Twitter at InsigniaVC and Instagram at Insignia underscore VC. Now let's head into the call. So we're happy to have Fikri back on the show. Hi, Fikri. How are you doing? I'm great and glad to be back here. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, it's great to have you back again. And I think for our listeners, maybe you can give us a quick intro for those who haven't heard of Pahamify yet. And also for those who have caught your, your previous episode with us, like how has Pahamify been doing since we last talked? Pahamify has been doing great. We're constantly listening to our users. Hence, we're the market leader for grade 12 students. We are number one in S-Prep and we're also the largest free live streaming provider. And we have the most engaging learning contents. Given that you guys have really focused on grade 12 students, test prep, and using, of course, like live stream, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, and also the contents that you have on your platform. Given that focus, how has user engagement or behavior on your platform evolved since our last chat? Like, what are, do you see any new trends, especially given the ed tech boom last year? And how do you see like these K-12 ed techs in Indonesia faring post-pandemic? Since our last chat, we kept seeing excitement from students to the many new initiatives that we launched. In the last academic year, seeing the demand from the users, we launched premium live streaming classes before the college entrance exam. I personally even taught for 50 consecutive days at 6 a.m. in the morning, joined by thousands of students each day. And talking about post-pandemic, the thing is, once you make students feel an exceptional learning experience, they will stick. You know, some boarding schools in Indonesia forbids the use of smartphones, but our users wanted to keep using our service. They asked us to write a letter stating that they are truly Pamify students, so the school would allow them to bring smartphones because they already feel the exceptional learning experience by uh, using Pamify. I think it's really great that uh, the pandemic has only allowed you guys to prove even more just how much you know, the, the users, to an extent, even depend on the platform or really 
see it as a go-to when it comes to supplementary learning or, or test prep. So now I want to talk a little bit more and, and zoom in to the live stream component, which is one of the newer things about the Pagafy platform. Obviously, you guys started as creating in-house content, which came from the fact that you guys started a YouTube channel. And then you created in-house content and now you're doing live streaming, which I'm curious to know about and sure listeners would love to learn more about. So how does the live streaming build on top of this, as I mentioned earlier, existing content and gamification features? And how does it fit into, you know, Spotify's overall strategy long-term? The live streaming component gives us the chance to integrate all of our existing products into a top-notch learning experience. Our overall program is designed to give students three things in their learning habit. First is structure, second is measurement, and the one is consistency. On the structure, most students don't even know how to plan their study. So we help them build the most efficient learning pathway according to their current state. We have all the contents that they need, all the learning activities, quizzes, problem sets, but we also help them to plan which one is to take first before getting into the next ones and how to measure this progress that they have. That's why it comes in the measurement part. As you know, we have the best and the largest test prep platform for college entry exam in Indonesia, allowing them to know their real progress while chasing the top uni that they want to go. And here's where the intrinsic gamification plays its role. And then one consistency, getting to meet teachers and other students on a regular basis will keep them engaged and motivated in their studies. That's yep. the plan. So I suppose the live streaming plays into the consistency aspect in yeah. that whole platform. So you've talked about live streaming and its role in Pahamify's platform. So now I also want to get your thoughts as an educator even, and also, you know, co-founder and CEO of an edtech. Indonesia. What are your thoughts on live streaming for education in Indonesia? I understand it's not exactly a walk in the park because you're dealing with internet connectivity. Obviously, you want to reach as many high schools as possible. So how are you grappling with these challenges? And what is Pahamify's biggest edge rolling out this live streaming component on its platform? Despite the obstacles, we need to understand first the first principle of this live streaming. You know, Social aspect is one of the important parts of learning the personal touch of the teachers and also the way you interact with other students. And that becomes more so for Indonesian culture. The first Indonesian Minister of Education, Ki Hajar Dewantara, said that a teacher must do three things. First, set an example up front. Second, inspire the students by blending in with them. And third, giving encouragement from behind. This philosophy is the one that I'm aspiring to emulate. So I immerse myself in their work, the students' work, talk to them every day before teaching them and setting a product vision for the company. And I teach every teacher in the company to do the same. And that creates a strong sense of belonging for Pamify students. So, you know, after... Our live streaming program ended last academic year. They even sent pizzas to our offices. And then they even asked for a reunion with their friends, with teachers and with me after the 6 a.m. class. So even they missed the experience. This is the key 
of a live streaming component in our business? I, I would say like from what you've said that it really builds a sense of community yeah. with, when it comes to the, the engagement. So it's not just them interacting with sort of like a digital interface or recorded videos, but they actually know that that person is there and, and really engaging with them. A follow-up question to that is, what's the sell for the teachers to actually, and maybe even the schools, what's the sell for the teachers and the schools to actually use this live streaming component and, and to integrate it into how they engage with their students? Because of pandemic, there is an effect called learning loss compared to students who go to school on a regular basis. Students who learn from home will have several gaps in their learning process. And it is also a problem faced by the teachers and schools, especially since they are not really put all of their time and focus for tinkering with how to deliver online contents. That's where our expertise chimed in. During this pandemic, we also have been collaborating with several schools. They can access the contents of Planify. We've been, you know, having the students learning the content first from our bank of content and also our live recording of the live streaming. And then they can discuss with the teachers during the school session. And on top of that, a lot of gap wouldn't be fulfilled during the school session. So they needed to go for supplementary learning activities. And that's where the live session or live streaming classes of Planify can play its role in helping schools and teachers. First, they don't have that much time and they're not incentivized to do this, but they know that it is required in order for the students to progress in their learning process. And that's how the school and teachers see the contribution of Planify. And definitely something that I've learned also from our previous podcast and also the podcast with N Micro in Vietnam is that, you know, it's, it's not just about getting the students on board. You also have to get the buy-in of the teachers and the schools as well, because they draw in the students to some extent as well, right? And speaking of community, right? One of the things that I personally like about Hi-Fi's approach is how active you guys are on social media and engaging with the students there. And I think you, you talked about it as well in, in the previous episode, but I wanted you to also share this time around, what are the benefits, right? Of Because it can seem a little bit of time consuming as well. Like, especially you, you mentioned earlier, you know, waking up really early to do these classes and social media engagements with these students and users. So what are the long-term benefits of actually building these strong, direct relationships with these students through social media? We are a product-focused and very efficient edtech startup. And social media is the place where we thrive and build our loyal users. As you mentioned, we started off as an educational YouTuber, so I know how to build audience. I know the DNA of creating a sense of loyalty in the users. And in fact, the first year after launching the product, we got big because of Instagram and Twitter. The key here is we can interact on daily basis and can immerse ourselves in the world of the students. I know what kind of foreign drama they've been watching nowadays, so, so I can use them while teaching. I, I know the dynamics that is faced by the students due to the development of pandemic and then change in regulatory curriculum and whatnot. That might be time consuming, but that's the right thing to do. It can give you a clear direction, which way to go for the product and for the company. So we can keep in touch with the market. And I think that's something that your co-founder Iksan also wrote in one of the 
articles that we published on our blog last year that really try to get into the mind of your users. And, and that's through, as you mentioned, really interacting with them in the quote unquote off hours as well. So one thing I wanted to ask also, and I'm sure our listeners also love hearing this from our guests, especially the founders, is the customer stories, right? Or, or case studies. So could you share with us a story of how, you know, Bahamify has impacted or changed the life of one of its student users? It's so many stories, but I want to tell you one story about sorry, our student who got viral in the news because he got accepted to ITB after failing twice. So after graduating from high school, he went to a private university, but then he had to drop out because of financial problems. And last year, he's one of the most diligent students in my 6M class. Many people called him my assistant. And he told me he tried all EdTech platforms, yet Palmify was his last harbor. And he's been telling the other students, Pahamify's customer service replied to your text faster than your crush. One time he wanted to repurchase a package, but then there was some issue and our customer service was acting quickly. So he didn't have to wait long. He didn't need to waste his time uh, to start studying. And for Indonesian students, time is very scarce, especially when the college entry exam is coming, you know. So this is one of the stories which, you know, makes me really happy because it's not only changing the way Farik is learning, but also he could achieve his dream to get accepted into the dream college. And not only that, he also got to inspire other people in Indonesia because he got viral in the news. That's really a great story. Not only that, Farik obviously had that experience of not being able to succeed before and then sort of puts him in an underdog kind of position and everybody loves an underdog that eventually succeeds. But that, you know, Pamify was there and as you said, almost like in a relationship with the students, right? They're replying even faster than their crush, right? So yeah, you definitely save time for, for the students. And one thing I wanted to, to sort of ask in terms of like a follow-up is that given that customer service plays a huge role in the experience of the students on the platform, what are the things that they usually need this customer service for? And how do you see this aspect of the platform evolving moving forward? Do you see it becoming more integrated with technology or how do you see it scaling? In terms of what the customer service do, the customer service does so many things in Pamifa, you know. We had to handle, you know, some of the purchase, educating the students. And also when they have problems with their studies, the customer service can act as a bridge to the product team. They will give input to the teachers, to the engineers, to the product managers, to the UX researchers and designers, to the creative team to create a better content. So it's more than just a customer service, but they are also teacher in themselves. Because, you know, we have this concept of rockstar teachers. Rockstar teachers must be able to not only be an expert in the field, but they are also a good communicator and they are also inspiring. And the fourth one, they have to care personally to the students. And this customer service is having one of this role of the so-called rockstar teachers. And the way we would love to integrate it with the program is we have more features and more services and campaigns to allow this to be more scalable. I mean, now that we've talked a lot about Bahamafi's platform and product, I want to shift gears a bit and talk more about talent and culture at the company, right? 
So when it comes to bringing in the right talent, specifically for an ed tech in Indonesia, and obviously also want engineering talent and leadership talent as well, what has been Hamify's approach to that? From my experience, what brings people together is ultimately a vision. And my co-founders and I were coming from technical backgrounds. Itzan is a PhD in machine learning. And Adria created the first Indonesian game get published by Square Enix. And I found that good talents always want to work with a leader who shows them what the future looks like in a way that they have never imagined before. And this leader has to show them that we can achieve it. The leader has to know how to achieve them. And we are the founders who are deeply passionate about both education and technology. So we might have seen what kind of product will disrupt the market in the next 11 to 10 years. And vision is one thing, but to keep people engaged while chasing this audacious goal, we need to show them that we can guide them. We can set an example for them. We can be a resource to them. And based on my experience, when we, the co-founders, interact with people, then we'll know what kind of leaders we are compared to the other leaders. And that makes our job easier to invite them to join our cause. And by this philosophy, you know, we've been successfully attracting rare talents in Indonesia, including several PhDs working on the fundamental innovation in EdTech that we see as the future of EdTech. I think it's really great that you're able to bring in these, like, as you said, rare talents or top talents. We're able to really contribute in terms of innovating sort of the fundamental aspects, as you mentioned, of, of education in Indonesia. So I wanted to ask, given this philosophy and culture that it's espoused, how does that affect the platform directly and the way that you engage with the students that use your platform? We are in the business of helping students to fulfill their potential. And one of the ways is to make them discover the authentic joy in learning and help them improve their score. So listening and caring about users have always been in the DNA of Amify. We, we started a company because our YouTube fan base asked for it. And it translates into doing the extra miles for the students to learn more about their problems and how to solve them. Learning is always the key part in this culture that we have. We, we always put students first, not our ego or our own idea while creating content or learning plans, planning new features, and even when designing marketing and sales plans. And in collaborating with each other as a team, there might be arguments here and there, but at the end of the day, we will find what's best for the students. If I have an idea and then my staff has another idea, my idea doesn't have to win if my staff's idea is the best one for the students. And this is how it translates into our culture. So we can provide the best service for the students. It always boils down back to the students. And also it's pretty much like a bottom-up culture, I would say, like where you really try to get everyone involved in contributing to drive the mission that you've just described. And so Palmify has been through quite a lot since it started two years ago. Obviously, you had the pandemic and obviously you had like this whole edtech boom, a lot more players in the landscape. How has that company culture evolved to meet these changing demands from students and from the industry as well? Palmify has been the underdog here who's constantly bidding against the odds and became the market leader in the test prep and now for the great 12 
And people might ask, how could it survive competing against bigger and older startups? We can survive and we can thrive and we can become the market leader because we have a solid team with high talent density who upholds our culture. And trust is the key. Trust that everyone is caring about the students. Trusting that the leaders is caring for the students. And that makes this culture thrive. And since 2019, this culture is only getting stronger because we have more time and resources to nurture this culture. Back in 2019, my co-founder and I had to personally teach the teachers and also others as well. And we didn't have any fancy facility. It's just dynamic and personal. Now we have a dedicated team and platform for our internal learning. We constantly build the process and facilities that allow our team to upgrade themselves in accordance with what students need. Definitely that culture has, I would say, reflected in the way that you engage with your users, as you mentioned earlier. And my next question to that is, where do you see then Hamify moving forward in, in the next five years? Also considering the context of the larger ed edtech landscape, right? How do you see the Indonesian edtech industry moving forward as well? Especially coming out of the pandemic because students will be coming back to schools and everybody hopes that we'll be able to return to some semblance of normality as well. In the next five years, the way I see it, Pamify will be having a proprietary technology that allows learning acceleration for any kind of model or products. You know, the market in Indonesia is still early. Everyone is still trying to figure out what's the best model for now, what's the best model for the next five years. But the first principle of learning is going to stay the same. So we focus on the very heart of learning activities itself and the other part will just follow. Like in the last academic year, we didn't even plan to roll out our premium live streaming program, but then seeing the users need it and because I, I also interacted with them and taught them every day, I know that, oh, I knew that this can be monetized right now with this model, with this kind of program. And then we just built. The MVP pass, I guess it was only one week when we decided to launch until the program was launched and it's been well received by the students. Again, I think the common theme throughout our whole conversation has been really listening to the users, listening to the students that you guys serve, which is again, a, a really core principle to, to how Havify has been able to grow as a, as a company. And so on that note, you know, I'd like to thank you Frigby for coming on the show and, and, and sharing with us your insights. And now I'd like to move on to our, I would say like the, the most important part of the podcast, which is the rapid fire round. So I'll just be asking you some, some quick questions and you can give some short and sweet answers. All right. So the first one is, what are your top three skills of a CEO? First, seeing what's invisible to others. And then second, learning agility. And then the one, influencing people. That sounds great. And my next question is, what's the biggest misconception people would have about K-12 education in Indonesia? People love that Indonesian students are not motivated to learn. But the truth is, Indonesian students are highly motivated, but simply don't know yet how to build their learning habits. And obviously you need tools to sort of unlock that. And then that's what Wi-Fi provides. The next question is, what's your advice for first-time founders raising their, their first round of venture funding? You have to know the game that you want to play in the long run. Yeah, I think that just goes back to like vision, right? And, and knowing the, the bigger picture as well. Next question is, what's your advice for aspiring founders in Indonesia or especially like yourself who became a founder like really young as well? Yeah, what, what's your advice for them? The key is to be someone who has an unmatched insight on your users. 
that's something you've been able to do by, you know, really spending time with them. Next question is, what's your advice for having Start Pamify as a YouTube channel? I'm sure you have a lot of extensive experience in content creation and up until today, you still help out with the content creation as well. So what's your advice when it comes to content creation in Indonesia? You have to always improve your meta process. I mean, like the process to build your process in creating content. You have to plan how to plan, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Last question is, what do you do to de-stress? Yeah, many things, but one of them is writing personal journal, like writing a journal, personal reflection, and you have to write it down so you can always improve your thought process. And you do this every day? Yeah. Awesome. To our listeners out there who are doing this, then you guys can definitely try it out as well. I think a great note to end this conversation with. And once again, thanks Fikri for coming on the show, giving us a bird's eye view as, as well as an insider look into Indonesia's K-12 EdTech landscape, especially from the student's perspective and also Bahamify's perspective as well as, a, as an EdTech operating in this space. For anybody out there who wants to join them in their mission, Bahamify is hiring. You can just head to the website bahamify.com or reach out to, to Fikri as well. Once again, thanks for coming on Fikri. Yeah, thanks Paolo for having me. It's been very enjoyable to be in this podcast again. And hope to have you on maybe next year or in the following year as yeah, well. Yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, to update us on, on what's new again with Bahamify, you know. Stay on the line with us for more conversations with our founders and investors in the region. Until our next call, I am Paolo Aquino and this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.